Lori Baltimore back again, still starting a cult. We're calling it cult, guys. The 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 results are in. I pulled fifty thousand people. All of them said it should be a cult, called cult. We're getting calls every single day down here at the cult called cult headquarters. People are saying, "How do I join this cult? How much money do you want? We don't want your money." Okay, all those people trying to join, we don't want your money. We want hot babes and hot beefcakes. That's all we want, right? I mean, that's the whole, right? Like that's every insane cult you've seen that's not like overtly, insanely religious. It's babes and beefcakes, dude. It's sex, baby. And sex sells. People want to be part of that. People want to join that. It's a movement, okay? But we are a cult. So we do think some kooky shit, you know? I mean, it can't just be like, you know, we're just a group of, of hot babes and beefcakes just hanging out and banging each other. You know, it's got to be a little more than that. It's got to be some, some, some substance. There's got to be some jelly in these donuts, you know what I mean? So then I was thinking, some kooky shit. Like, like we got to think of stuff where people hear it and they're just so... Like, what the fuck are you even saying to me? That they're like, okay, well, I'm going to just join this because, you know, it's going to be, like, really fun to explain to people when they're just like, you know, you know, oh, I don't celebrate Christmas. Oh, why? Well, I'm in this cult. It's called cult. Oh, what the fuck's that about? And then I want you to be able to go off on a tangent for five years that leads you nowhere and, and essentially means nothing, right? Because it's just so fucking wild. But, I mean, it's legit, though. You know what I mean? It's as legit as any other, you know, fucking theology or whatever somebody else would believe in. I mean, it's... I don't... I'm trying to think. As far as Scientology goes, I want it to be on the scale of kookiness of Scientology. But I want to, like, avoid some of the stuff you can't really verify and that seems totally unprovable. Like Lord Zenu and the Galactic Confederation and stuff. And I'm saying this for the Scientology lawyers who might hear this one day. My possible only listener might actually just be a a Scientology lawyer. I love Scientology. Okay, don't get me wrong. I love Scientology. I think it's done great things for a lot of people. Mostly like, you know, famous actors and actresses when they have like drug problems and stuff. I think they've done a great job with some stuff, right? A lot of money prestige not really prestige but tom cruise doing good okay not to beat a dead horse that guy's doing fucking great he's the top gun okay so all right we're not talking lord xenu we're not talking galactic confederation putting souls in a volcano shooting them up and you know alien souls inhabiting the body of like homo sapiens and shit like that i want to start with something a little more basic for you to consider now that's epistemology i don't know if you know what epistemology means, but it's essentially a theory of knowledge. Now, if you look at any philosophical system that's ever been created, you know, I, I think more, more, um, it's easier to use like the ancient Greeks as a starting point because, you know, these were, these were people, not even the ancient Greeks, I guess, you know, it's easy to go there, but I mean, it's been kind of like this for a long time where you are creating an entire system of reality and understanding, right? You are, you are trying to describe how the entire world works. What is the nature of everything? How does it all fit together, right? So you've got different kind of um, 
subsections in philosophy like metaphysics and epistemology so you need like a theory of like what is the world and then you need a theory of how do you gain knowledge and what is true and then you need like an axiology of like what are moral values what is good and what is bad shit like that right so epistemology is the theory of knowledge now i consider myself a skeptic okay and not i'm saying like a philosophical skeptic um, essentially, like anytime somebody makes an argument, I think you can really make an equally valid argument in the opposite, right? And, and I think that that in itself, I've talked a lot of shit about nihilism as there being no truths. That's not really what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you should always be searching for the truth. And, and at any time, you should really be just, just grabbing onto the most pragmatic one for whatever your goals are are your goals world peace are your goal your goals world domination you know whatever you're you're about you know you should always be looking for the truth you know because whatever you're about whether it's peace or world domination or whatever that'll change over time you know if you're really skeptical you're truly philosophically skeptical you your beliefs and habits will change over time you will evolve over time okay so the first thing i want to talk about is the infinite regress problem, okay? Now, uh, this is a demo, so I didn't do a shitload of research before I before I made this episode. I didn't do any uh, research. Just This is stuff that, you know, I've read so long ago. Um, but uh, I'm going to do my best to explain it. This is just a demo, so you can shit on me if you listen to this and it's not great. But, uh, you know, I should get the gist down, okay? So the infinite regress problem is the idea that any time you define something right? Anytime you define something or you make a statement of truth about something like this desk, this desk is white. You can now take every concept that they put across in the definition or the proclamation of truth. This desk is white. This thing is white. And now you can, every single one of those concepts is up for debate before you can really settle whether or not it's true, right? Because now it's like William James said, I believe it's William James, right? Like if you're having a conversation with somebody and you guys are having a debate, you need to make sure that your terms are mutually defined, right? You need to make sure that you, you agree on the definition, right? Now, let me try to think. I did, see, I didn't, write, I didn't write out an example, but, um, you know, this, this soda is flat, you know, this soda is flat. Now, what are we really defining as the soda being flat? There's a bunch of different um, definitions of of what the word flat means. Is, is, isness, is it about to be or is it already? Has it been? How long? You know what I'm saying? That's a really like simplistic explanation. But what I'm saying is that you, you need to make sure that your terms are defined. You know, so infinite regress. I say this desk is white. Now, this desk, now you can say... You, know, you, 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 can, you can question this desk, the concept of a desk, isness, the concept of what something is when it is, the quality of being, and uh, white, right? Is the desk white or is the paint on top of it white, right? See what I'm saying? So now all of these things, now, now let's say that I'm going to say, okay, 
this desk, somebody says, well, what do you mean by this desk? Okay, this desk means this desk that is in proximity to me at, you know, this distance, which is approximately weighs this much, is this tall, is this wide, is smooth, is square, right? And I can define it ad infinitum to get the best possible explanation so that you can't really debate with me about what this desk is because I've so perfectly defined it for you. But now every single one of those things that I've used, every concept I've used, smoothness, flat, weight, square, right? Every single one of these concepts is now up for debate because we need to clarify our terms if we're going to agree on something, right? So that's the infinite regress problem. Everything is up for debate and every concept and every proclamation of truth can infinitely regress into a series of, of, uh, questions and debates. And, and also, and I think that this is really the, the crux of it is that every question breeds more questions and every answer breeds more questions. So the harder you try, the further away from, um, not the further away from truth, but the further away from um, mutual understanding and, and agreement you're going to get. Okay. So now, um, that's insane. I mean, that's a problem, right? Like the further away from, or or the closer we try to get to truth, the further away we get from it. And the more questions can be asked and the more necessary it is to, to define our terms even more. And in in a series of, of, of infinite definitions, do you know what I mean? So in that sense, it's like, God almighty, even just saying something as, as, as easy as, you know, this desk is white actually becomes like a serious fight. Even the smallest thing becomes an object of debate that can go on forever, forever. And it seems easy to agree on. And, and, you know, pragmatically, we kind of, we do agree on concepts and we do agree like, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, I accept that. But we don't have to, man. Like, if you really want to get at the fucking truth, you could debate for years about whether or not this desk is a desk, is at all, or is white. Do you know what I mean? About something that simple. So now I want to take something that's even more complex, and, and, and I want to take it in the form of politics, maybe. I'm not going to get political on you. I'm just going to say, whatever you believe politically about human beings, you know, are you a conservative? Are you a liberal in, in an American sense, right? Are you a fascist? Are you an anarchist? Whatever. All of these things are going to take so many, so many concepts into account man, like a concept of free will, a concept of humanity, a concept of the sanctity of life, a concept of authority and power, right? A concept of wealth, a concept of utility, good and bad, right and wrong. Do you know what I mean? A concept of punishment and justice. Like, like, and then you take all of those things. Now let's just do, we'll do justice because that's kind of down the line. Okay. That's right down the middle. A concept of justice. Now you need, you need a concept of people. You need a concept of, of, of what is good and bad. I mean, like you have an entire moral philosophy just in this concept itself. And now in your moral philosophy, how are you defining human beings as free agents in the world? Are you defining them as conscious free agents in the world with a right endowed by their creator to live and act freely? 
okay, is there a creator? No, there's not a creator. So then why should people be free? What's the point of a state? What's the point, you know, of human life? Like you could go fucking forever, but you inevitably, I, I can just about guarantee you. And I'm not, I'm not like, this isn't me lording over you. Cause I, I don't do that. Right. You have not considered all of these concepts. And if you do, you haven't considered them infinitely, which is really the capacity that these concepts have. Do you know what I mean? To, if you really want to understand them, that is the, the, the capacity that they have is to be debated infinitely in an endless string of signifiers and words that refer to other words in an endless fucking chain. Do you know what I mean? I mean, like even, even just as a, as a, as an example, I've been, I said infinite regress and I've been attempting to, to, to explain the infinite regress problem to you. And it's been however many minutes of me saying a trillion different words in a trillion different examples to explain two words next to each other, right? Infinite dude. I could go on fucking forever. You know what I mean? And then if you asked me to, to, to define all of my terms, it would take me a a million years, dude. I'm speaking in a lot of hyperbole right now, but you know what I mean? Right? So now you've chosen whatever you want to believe, whatever you do believe in because of your convictions or how you've been raised or whatever. But like, I think that's really the crux of it is that you latch on to, we all latch on to, um, you know, foundational beliefs about the world, most likely because of how we were raised or what we've learned from our experiences, man. Like we have, we have automatic biases to things. Do you know what I mean? We have reasons outside of them being philosophically sound to accept them. Their philosophical soundness is not really why we accept them. We look for philosophical soundness, right? Like, so if you're like a conservative or something and you love Ben Shapiro, uh, Ben Shapiro, you know, you, you go to him for, for your soundness, you know, and that's why you like him. You know, I mean, like Ben Shapiro is a, a fool, you know, but he, I mean, he's like a really great orator. I mean, the guy can, you know, he can really spin a yarn, you know what I mean? But that's why you would go to him is because he is the one who is procuring the soundness of whatever of your conservative philosophy. He does that for you. And that's why he's enjoyable to listen to, because you're like, there it is, man. You spelled it out just like that. I don't know how you could ever disagree with that. Do you know what I mean? Or maybe maybe you listened to Ben Shapiro and then you were like, okay, this is the answer. In which case, soundness has been demonstrated to you and then you've accepted it. But, you know. Nine times out of ten, I'm going to say that we, we have a bias toward toward whatever we're going to believe in. Maybe we think it's cool. We think other people think it's cool. Or we think it's edgy. You know, we think it's like uh, it's contrarian to believe it. I've That's probably 90% of the shit that I claim to believe in is just to argue with people and be a contrarian. Like evolution isn't real, right? I like to I like to argue that evolution isn't real. And if somebody says, what do you actually believe? I mean, like, I just shrug my shoulders. I'm like, honestly, I don't really know. Because, like, you can argue either way. Do you know what I mean? I'm getting off topic. I'm getting off topic. But, you know, why do you believe what you believe in? How much time are you willing to really 
set aside to understand? How deeply do you want to understand and how many of your terms do you want to define to get to the actual root of what you really truly believe in? And how far away from you? Now, this is the real question is, now, how far away from you are, are you to truth? How, how far away from truth are you in that sense? True truth and, and like intimate understanding. Intimate understanding because, you know, even if you are like really familiar with the concepts that you talk about, like if you're an intellectual, right, in quotations, like you really, you consider yourself an intellectual, you've read a lot of the literature on whatever, Okay. I don't want to really like take sides here. I'm not, I'm not taking sides. That's not what I'm trying to do. If you, if you know the literature, you know, the concepts, right? Justice conservative is easy for me. So I'm going to say, you know, if you, you know, you know, concepts of justice and liberty, right? And your creator rights endowed to you, blah, 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 the U S constitution, political philosophy up until the point of, of, you know, modern liberalism in the form of, you know, the American constitution, freedom and liberty, you know, you know, all of these concepts, but like, how deeply can you define it? Like, how far can you go in the infinite regress? If I just keep asking you questions over and over and over and over again about everything that you say, how deeply can you really go? Do you know what I mean? And in that sense, how far away from you? How far away are you from truth? Because it could be true, you know, you could believe in a thing and it is the truth you know but just because it's true i mean do you really know that it's true like if i i said this in a different in a different episode that you also didn't listen to because my audience doesn't exist uh, i'm talking to myself but um you know if uh it's the it's the old clock thing right so plato he said that you know something effectively know it if it's true if you have a valid reason to believe it's true and you verify it, right? So now you're a guy or a girl, you have a clock that's been right for a hundred years. It's been right every single day for a hundred years. Every time it's been verified, it's always been right. You wake up in the morning at seven o'clock. You look at the clock and it says seven o'clock. You look outside and it looks like it's seven o'clock. And somebody asks you and they say, hey, what time is it? And you say, hey, it's seven o'clock. I see it right here. The only problem is that the clock stopped working last night at seven o'clock. So the clock isn't right. But it's always been right. So you have a reason to believe that it's true. And the weather outside, you know, the, the, the amount of daylight outside or whatever, the weather, it makes you really, it's, a, it's valid for you to believe that it's seven o'clock. You usually wake up around seven o'clock too. But the clock isn't fucking working. Do you really know? Do you know that it's seven o'clock? Do you know what I mean? So, in, you know, like how far away from, are you? Jesus, why can't I say that? How far from truth are you at any time? Do you know what I mean? Think about this, okay? So, Galileo and Ptolemy. Okay, now Ptolemy, he was the astronomer for the Pope. The Pope. So they were like, okay, here's the Bible, Ptolemy. Now we want you to look at the stars and we want you to make it all make sense. So Ptolemy had, um, you, I'm sure you learned in fucking social studies in seventh grade, the model of uh, geocentrism that the 
Earth is at the center of the universe and everything rotates around it. Right? Here's the crazy part about that, is that Ga- uh, Ptolemy could actually mathematically prove it. He could mathematically prove it. You can mathematically prove that today. Okay? Galileo comes along, and he's just like, hey guys, nuh-uh. It's not true. I can mathematically prove that it's actually the Earth revolving around the sun. That's my, the- that's my heliocentric theory. And, of course, the Pope um, and the religious establishment at the time was like, you're going to have to take that down. You know, it doesn't conform to to the uh, theology here, and we're a theocracy. Um, so you're going to have to take that down, or we're going to torture you to death, you know? So my question to you is, and you, you should look this up. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a principle called Occam's Razor. If, if Ptolemy and Galileo can mathematically prove opposite opinions, mathematically prove opposite opinions, I mean, like, that is crazy, right? Whose do you accept as true? Whose do you accept as true? Now, here's a little thing. When people were taking uh, Ptolemy's theories and applying them to their observations to essentially prove them they proved they were pretty much right they were right all the time every single time but they started to find i think it was mercury or or something it goes in retrograde right so there's a time where you know you're looking at the um the trajectory of where the planet is going as it's rotating and at a certain time it kind of just looks like it goes up a little bit and it just is getting further away and it's odd. It's like it doesn't make sense. It didn't mathematically match up with uh, with Ptolemy's calculations. So people were just like, hey, Ptolemy, what the fuck's going on here, bud? And Ptolemy was like, oh, no, that's fine. I can change this, okay? I can, uh, I can put these things in called epicycles. So if you actually look, it's not a perfect circle. Um, planets actually do a little loop-de-loop before, sometimes before they continue with the circle. So I'm going to add this in here. And now mathematically, once you look at that and consider that with the epicycles, it's all proven. It's all kosher. Galileo, on the other hand, he didn't need to add epicycles in. It all made sense. Galileo's math made sense. His observations made sense. Very simply, Okay, and now Occam's razor is the principle that if you are looking between two competing theories, the one that you accept as true is the one that is the most simple and eloquent, the one with less variables. Okay, now Ptolemy had to add the variable of an epicycle to make his theory work. So if you need to keep adding little variables, you need to keep adding uh, exceptions to make it work. Sure, it's proof. But it's not as good of proof as one that doesn't need to keep adding variables. Like Galileo's theory that that the Earth is actually rotating around the sun. But my point is, and and I'm sure that you accept that as true. But I mean still, dude. That's just Occam's principle. Why should we believe that? That a theory with more variables is less true than one without. Do you know what I mean? Why should we believe? Why would should we even take that? That an, a more eloquent theory is more true, more true, because they're both, both models. Explain the world. Do you know what I mean? 
both models explain the world. And like you, I mean, you can say like, oh, well, we have like satellites and NASA and telescopes and we can pretty much verify now that the earth is rotating around the sun, whatever. I'm talking like, you know, if you don't have the ability to, to actually monitor that, like in a, in a sense of quantum physics, you know, there's not like, we can't really monitor every little thing. We just discovered the Higgs boson. You know, we just measured it for the first time, like what, a few years ago. I'm just saying, man, which one do you accept as true when both prove the same thing? That's crazy to think about. That's just crazy that like we've just decided like, oh, well, the one with with the less amount of variables is the one that we're going to go with. Oh, and if people like, you know, go in this line of thinking for 200 years and get fucking nowhere with it because it's wrong, then what the hell did we do that for? You've got to arbitrarily choose which one is more or less true. And how often are you doing that in your own life? You know, you're like, okay, well, I'm going to just, this one seems a little more simple. This little, this one makes sense. This one is a little more lofty and kind of seems like you got to like stretch a little bit to kind of get there. So I'm not going to accept that one. That's a principle that you use every single day, even though both explain the world accurately, but you have yourself accepted Occam's razor that the most simple and eloquent solution is the correct one. Why dude? Why? On what foundation? Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and I'm sure you could, you could, you know, for the philosophically inclined or people who have taken a whatever course, science course or whatever, I'm sure you can give me like a really long explanation as to why that's like valid and whatnot. But it's just crazy to think that even truth is up for debate, man. Truth is always up for debate. In the infinite regress, a simple statement is up for debate, right? So then it's like, well, what... How am I going to choose? I'm not going to sit here, Lori Baltimore. I'm not going to sit here and every single time I want to believe something or I'm looking for the truth, sit for 40 years trying to wonder if this desk is, is a desk or is white, let alone all three in the same, you know, I'm not going to do that, dude. I don't give a fuck that much, whether it's white or not. I just want to be able to like, you know, describe it to somebody so that they know you know, if they, if, if they wanted to give me furniture or something, they wanted to donate furniture, you know, kind of what's going to go with my apartment, right? It's, so in that sense, knowledge is pragmatic, you know? If, if all of your, your biases toward the world and human beings kind of dictate your political and philosophical leanings, the things that you're going to accept to be true, and this is probably why there's confirmation bias, is that you're going to go, you're going to believe in the things that are the most useful to you, right? In, in a simple sense, it's like diet and exercise. You can believe whatever the hell you want. You could believe that, you know, fat is given to you from an alien in outer space from a 3D hologram projector on the moon. You could believe that. But, you know, or it's taken away by them. But, you know, if you believe that dieting and exercise are going to help you lose weight, that's going to work for you. It's actually going to work for you. Whether it's true or not that, you know, calories are burned or whatever, whether or not that's truly 100% an accurate and total, you know, picture of the situation. It's pragmatic to believe that. And it would not be pragmatic for you to believe 
Uh, pragmatic means practical and useful, by the way. Um, it would not be pragmatic for you to believe that this alien gives and takes fat at will. It wouldn't be pragmatic. It just wouldn't work for you over time. Whether it's true or not, dude, it wouldn't help you, right? So that's the whole thing. Why, how do you choose truth in the world? How do you choose what to believe in? Well, you're going to choose what helps you get your own ends, right? What are you trying to accomplish or achieve? Are you trying to achieve a sense of inner peace? Well, you're going to have to adopt an outlook on the world that is conducive to having inner peace, man. Like a stoic, you know, where you, you relinquish control of the things that you can't control. And it's more useful to you. It's, it's more pragmatic. So, so then you're like, well, this is the truth. This is the truth in relation to the thing that I want to achieve, right? So it's more pragmatic for me. So in the cult of cult, we believe it's better to be batshit crazy out of your mind as long as you're really happy. Like Tom Cruise. Have you ever seen... Dude, I'm sorry, man. Like, it's a meme or whatever. It's kind of lame. But, like, I was watching an interview where Seth Rogen... Or not Seth Rogen. Seth MacFarlane was doing Family Guy impressions on... Is it Ed Norton? I don't know who this British guy is. But Tom Cruise is also in the interview somehow. It's just sitting there. And, like, he never stops smiling. And it looks like a genuine smile. I mean, like, it's, it's a genuine... Like, you can see sparkles in his eyes. He's really, like, engaged and present. And he's talking to Seth MacFarlane. And it's like, he's enthusiastic. I mean, like, this guy, if, if, if he feels how he looks like he feels, that's how I want to feel. So, so if I, I don't give a shit if he believes in Lord Xenu and, and, you know, the Galactic Confederation and all of that. If, if that belief system is conducive to feeling like that and looking like that and having success like he does, man, I don't give a shit. And, and in the sense of pragmatism, can you say that you, if you're sitting there miserable not successful, not achieving very much, and not very happy, dude. And nobody wants to be around you. Let's just say you're a miserable piece of shit, right? Like me, like Lori Baltimore, okay? And you believe that Xenu's not real, Scientology's a cult, Tom Cruise is crazy, blah, 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 blah. And let's say that you're, that's true. I don't, I don't know. Let's say that that's true. Is it, dude? Is it? Look at Tom Cruise. Look at his life. Look how he feels, you know what I mean? Look at the smile on his face, man. People want to be around this guy. He attracts positive energy to him because he believes in this crazy shit. To you, it's crazy. But look at where those beliefs have led you. Which is more pragmatic? Which is more useful? Right? Delusional thoughts that lead you to a happier state, even if they're delusional, if they make your life better... How are they less true, man, than a more rational approach to the situation, you know? I don't know. I don't know. I guess that's all I really got. This is the cult called cult, baby, and we're going to take over. Is it more pragmatic, you know, to smoke a camel crush or a cool? Doesn't matter. Because both have that sweet, smoky flavor of American freedom, baby. All right? 
freedom in general, liberty, right? Well, I don't really have much more to say, so um, if you thought that this was interesting, please let me know. Um, share it with somebody if you have the chance. I'm like not really expecting anybody to ever listen to this. This is really just a demo to get my own kind of feel for a podcast in the future. But um, if you do like it, I don't know, man. Let me know. Keep it real. Um, it's crazy out there. Be pragmatic. Be practical. Do something that's going to make your life better. Even if it's believing in a fucking galactic confederate overlord. All right? Peace! Peace!